Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Praise God. So as we look at this word right here, um, it becomes very apparent why Eve wanted to eat the fruit. She wanted to gain wisdom. She was desiring wisdom. She was desiring to be more than what God created her to be. And maybe somewhere in her heart, she desired to be uh, even greater than her husband. This is a challenge that we see in marriages. We see a lot of women deal with um, the trap of wanting to go to a level that God never didn't necessarily desire for her to go to. And it ends up bringing destruction to the human race. Now, if you, if you pay close attention, you, you know, to what's going on in our societies today, you will see that there are lots of women right now who are selling themselves for position, for rank, for um, more money, to be recognized. They're selling themselves. And it's unfortunate. We see a lot of young women getting involved with um, the pornography industry, the dancing industry, with the with the with the hope that they're going to make more money and have a better position and use that influence to control um, their their outcome. But let me encourage you today in the name of Jesus. If what you have to do to get to the next level uh, is requires you to go against the will of God or go against the purpose of the plan that God has for your life, it's better that you leave it alone. God doesn't want you to compromise your life nor your future, praise God, just to get something or to get ahead. Enjoy what you have. Enjoy the position that God has blessed you with. Amen. Work hard, but don't sell your soul like Eve sold her life and her body to get more. All right. So in verse number seven, the Bible says, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Well, another point to be pay taken uh, to pay attention to in this particular scenario 
is that we can't hide from God. Obviously, you see Adam and Eve, they made a futile attempt to hide from the Lord. They wanted to hide behind leaves, but you can't hide anything from God. So the, the first thing that we have to do is be open, be honest, be transparent, and um, come to God when we make mistakes. And repent to God and ask God for forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong. That's the best thing that you could ever do. Praise God. Hallelujah. These man-made concoctions that we come up with in order to hide our sins, we've been doing that since the beginning of time. Look at Adam. Look at Eve trying to hide their sins with uh, different ways. And if you look around in the religions of the world, there's so many different ideas and agendas that people try to take to uh, clear themselves with God. But the only good way to clear yourself with God is to clear yourself by talking with the Lord and repenting of your sins and bringing those sins before the Lord in Jesus' name. The Bible says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? He didn't say it as if he didn't know where Adam was, but maybe in a sense of, Adam, where are you right now? You know, since you disobeyed me, where, you know, where's your spiritual, where's, where, where are you, what's your spiritual state right now? Uh, where are you? You know, God knows all things. He knew exactly where Adam was, but that's kind of the question that God asks us as well. Where are you? After you've done everything that you wanted to do, after you dabbled into everything that you wanted to dabble in, where are you? Amen. After you've given yourself over to sin and unrighteousness, where are you? After you've done those things that God didn't want you to do, where are you? And typically, we, are, we end up in a, a state much worse than the state that God put us in. You know, obviously, these individuals were put in a state where they had lost everything. They lost their peace, joy, happiness. The relationship with the Lord pretty much was on, on the rocks, and they were tiptoeing with death. And uh, God asked him, where are you? You know, you disobeyed. Where are you? Praise God. And I pray that we don't walk into sin and God have to ask us those very same questions. Amen. And uh, hold us accountable. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You know, brothers and sisters, we should never be afraid of the voice of God. Hallelujah. You remember when God first started talking to Adam? Adam was in communion with God. God told Adam what to do. It was a blessed situation. Everything was wonderful. But now sin is involved, and now the voice of God seems to be somewhat fearful to Adam. And that's what happens to us as we walk with God as well. You know, as we walk with the Lord and do the will of God, most of the time, you know, we have the voice of God, and it's, it's a pleasant voice. But when we start sinning and living unrighteously, then uh, we're afraid of the voice of God. Adam said, I was afraid of your voice, and I went and I hid myself from your voice. And God says here in verse 11, and he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Once again, God is trying to lead Adam to a place of repentance, trying to lead Adam to a place of confession. Praise God. Not that he doesn't know. He says, did you eat the tree? Did, what did you do? And should, he's basically teaching us how we are to repent, how we are to come to God when things are not right. And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. What is this? This is um, Adam trying to place the blame on Eve, which is an issue that everyone has. You know, we typically want to place the blame on somebody else. We never want to assume the responsibility for the things that we've done. 
Amen. Because it's difficult. It's shameful. There's something in our nature that wants to be right. Amen. We were created good and we don't want to have that mark on us that we've done something evil or bad. Praise the Lord. But at some point in your life, you have to come to a place where you just confess your sins and say, hey, you know, I'm going to come straight with God. I'm going to tell you, Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. And I want to change my life and change my way now. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So she also was placing the blame upon something else. So she's pointing towards the serpent. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and, the, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now this is a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to come. He is going to crush the head of the serpent. The serpent is going to bruise his heel. That's him being injured on the cross. Amen. In order to redeem mankind out of the stronghold of Satan. And so God, from this point, puts a, puts a, um, a block in between the devil and between the serpent and the woman and the woman's seed. Because before this, there was no division and uh, Satan jumped into the serpent, obviously, because you can tell that um, the serpent in and of itself was not necessarily a bad thing. He was a very uh, beguiling creature, but it didn't say that he was evil. And this was a place that Satan desired, and he entered into this serpent with hopes of entering into men and women. And he did. He was able to do so. And so uh, when they disobeyed God, it gave the devil the right to inhabit human beings. Uh, up until this point, he was only able to inhabit animals, and he didn't even have a body of his own. He didn't have a spirit at all. They don't have anything that they legally possess. God disembodied them. Amen. And, and uh, the only way that they have a place to live is if they inhabit another human being or a creature. You can see that in the New Testament when they inhabit pigs, and Jesus cast the demons into the pigs, and the pigs run off the cliff. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God curses the serpent because of his disobedience and uh, for allowing the devil to use him and to speak through him, takes his ability of walking away and makes him crawl upon his belly and makes him slither across the earth for the rest of his life. All right. And so the Bible says in verse 16, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception In sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So, up until this point, the woman is in equal standing with the man. The woman has rights um, that were equal just to Adam's. But after this, God tells the woman, you are going to be submitted to your husband, and you are going to be under his rule. And not only that, but I'm going to multiply your, your conception Amen. And the, the, the delivery of your children is going to be with sorrow. So up until this point, the woman would, would have been able to have children with no pain. And she would have been equal to the man uh, because she was taken out of the side of man. But now God puts her in a position that she has to listen and, and obey and follow uh, simply because um, she 
disobeyed God and uh, allowed herself to be beguiled by a serpent. Praise the Lord. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now this is a comparison, I believe, of the voice of God and the voice of anyone else. And God is saying to Adam, You, you trusted the voice of your wife above my voice. It says that you hearkened to her voice and you did not listen to my command. So I'm cursing the ground that I've given you to take care of, and you are going to bring forth food and sorrow all the days of your life. Up until this point, Adam had a speaking role, Adam had a dressing role, Adam had a keeping role. But now Adam has a role that he has to work laboriously in order to produce fruit and in order to bring forth substance. Amen. Thank God he didn't curse man. The only one that he cursed was the serpent. He didn't curse Eve and he didn't curse Adam, even though he was probably so angry that he probably could have done it. But notice in the former verse, the word of God says that God waited until the cool of the day before he brought forth his judgment to Adam. Amen. And so he tells Adam uh, the ground is going to be cursed. Amen. He didn't curse the man. Praise God. Thank God for that. Because man was made in God's image. And um, God doesn't take any pleasure in cursing people. He says, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So here we see the first time where God actually allows an animal to be killed. This animal gave up his life so that Adam and Eve could be covered. Amen. And this is where we get animal sacrifices. This is where we get the belief in utilizing the sheep, the atonement, of the blood of an animal, the lamb, uh, for the covering of man's sin. See, man was not in sin until he, until he disobeyed God. And when he did that, he recognized his nakedness. So recognizing nakedness was the knowledge of good and evil. And because man now understands the knowledge of good and evil, and he's exposed himself to sin, there's only one thing that can be used to cover up his nakedness, amen, and the awareness of his sin, and that is the blood of an animal. Praise God. But thank God that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh to take away our sins because he is the Lamb of God that gives us back the coat of glory that covers us from our sins. The coat of glory that he puts upon us in water baptism in his name, amen, and the infilling of his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And God says in verse 22, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the angels, obviously, just like he was talking to them in Genesis 1:26, where he says, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. He says, he says, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. 
And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also, that's a key word right there, also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So what would have been the condition of men? The condition of men would have been a very horrible condition if we had not had the ability to die. Why? It's a, it's a blessing that we have been able to die because Adam, if he would have taken of the tree of life, he would have been um, living forever as well as um, not being redeemable because he would not have been able to die. The reason why Jesus is able to redeem us is because we can die. He redeemed us from death. But if that was not the case, then we would be in a very horrible state because the world, no, no person in the world would have been able to die. And yet the evil would have been perpetuated. So therefore, man would have been doomed to eternal living and eternal destruction from the presence of God, as is the doom and the fate of demons who have fallen from God who also live forever, but they will live in a state of torment forever because they cannot die. But thank God that God moved man and took away the tree of life so that we would not live forever under a control of evil. So we would still be dealing with dictators and leaders and people from thousands of years ago who have absolute control and power who would not be able to die, but yet and still uh, would be living and uh, being evil. So, thank God for that. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So, God took Adam. Um, so, obviously, Adam was planted in the Garden of Eden, but he wasn't formed in the Garden of Eden. He was formed from another land, and uh, God returned Adam back to that land. Uh, the Bible says God sent him forth from the garden to till the ground that he was taken out of. And that was the place that he had to go and work and labor in. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So now this angel, the angel of the Lord, this cherubim, his responsibility was to make sure that Adam would not be able to enter back into the Garden of Eden. And he was there to maintain the tree of life, which is also still in existence. Uh, but we don't have access to it, and uh, nobody knows where that tree of life is. And um, I believe that God has put that in a position that only he can have access to it. It could very well be in heaven, or it could be at the bottom of an ocean. We don't know. But the, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that the angel of God protects it so that we will not live forever under the state of evil in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God.